Courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is doing it even with the fear. Putting these things on a man does nothing to uh, have his interest be stay where it needs to be. And it also can leave him very frustrated because he can't fix it. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Groom, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. I'm happy to have a guest today who wrote to me recently, and I was so touched by her her authenticity, her honesty, um, her questions, that I was very um, uh, in looking forward to having her on, and she is on today. Her name is Emma, 35-year-old Emma, who was dating Max, also 35. Emma says she has never been in love, but she is desperately seeking it. Emma says she suffered a difficult past caring for her younger siblings while concurrently devoid of love, affection, and attention from her own parents. She wants to know what keeps her from feeling real love and connection, yet when she receives it, she pushes it away. Emma recently broke up with Max, who she says was amazing and gave her everything he possibly could. Emma feels she might have broken up with Max for all the wrong reasons, and she wants to know if she sabotaged the possibility of getting the love she is seeking. Welcome, Emma. Hey, Paula. So nice to have you on. Thank you for doing this today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on your podcast today. Oh, thank you. I understand you have heard a lot of my podcasts, which is great. And you wanted to reach out with your situation, and I'm I'm so happy that you feel like you can come on here today, and we can talk about this because I think many women suffer with a similar situation. I was touched by your letter so much to me, and and I wanted to get your permission um, because it includes background on you and I just wanted to read it in the way that you wrote it to me would that be okay please do oh thank you so Emma writes to me uh, as I said a little background she says I am the second child of six siblings in our culture the oldest female sibling takes care of the rest that was me I did not have a regular childhood I took responsibilities that really weren't mine my father and the father of the three first children was never in the picture. My mother had two more partners after that and had three more kids with those men. She was physically present, but not emotionally at all. She was a workaholic. In some ways, she was verbally abusive towards us. She met our basic physical needs until we could do them by ourselves at around 11 or 12 years old. The saddest part for us, well at least for me, was growing up with no love, affection, support, or attention at all. 
in my 35 years of life, I have never heard, and I cheer up as I'm writing this, and I love you from my own mother. I never got a hug from her. I don't even know what touching her is like. We have a decent relationship now, but there is not an emotional connection from my part to her. Not sure if she knows that. I never thought that it could affect my romantic relationships as an adult. I started to figure that out when it was so hard for me to connect with people, accept their flaws, and build something meaningful. I want to meet my one and only, somebody who is supportive, holds my back, and is my biggest fan. Somebody that even if the world is falling apart, I can count on them. Somebody that will keep my biggest, darkest secrets and vice versa. I always get into relationships looking for this right away, I guess. But I'm also looking for reasons to leave. I don't know. I feel like I'm a mess. Well, Emma, I'm so happy that you wrote this and were so forthcoming and honest. I really do appreciate all of that. How, how does it feel to hear me say it and, and be here talking with us now? Yeah, hearing you like reading my letter uh, makes me tear up again. Made me uh, probably get a little bit emotional. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's uh, but I have listened all your podcasts. How you have helped other women mm -hmm. uh, with the situation, and then I decided to you know send you this letter, send this letter to you, mm -hmm. uh, because I feel that I need to talk this to somebody somebody with some professional insight because sometimes you talk uh, the situation with your friends and maybe they they will give you some superficial superficial advices so I will uh, I, I want somebody with more um, some professional and knowledge of this situation so that's why I decided to send this letter to you uh, was a very hard childhood for me and for my siblings as I say uh, we were like emotionally neglected. Uh, my mom was never around. She was physically at the end of the day, but emotionally she was never there. And as you grow up, you, you feel that maybe it won't affect your relationship. Uh, I never saw that I say, okay, I will see the positive side of this. I'm gonna be a very independent woman. I won't depend on anybody out. I'm gonna be a strong person. And as, that's the way I saw it. But I, I became an adult, I was seeing how hard it was for me to connect with people, how hard for me to love friends, how hard it for me to love a partner. Then I started reading and finding information, and I found out that it's related to my childhood. Absolutely, it, it, it is. And when we make this connection, it can open up everything for yeah. us. When would you say you started to understand this connection between what's going on now in your romantic relationships or heretofore in your romantic relationships and your childhood? When did you make that connection? When I I I made that connection when I started getting in relationships. Um, I see people doing nice things for me, my partners doing nice things for me, like going out of their way to make me happy. Uh, and I always was looking for flaws, something that I didn't like, that I didn't like about them. This thing, but what is wrong with me? Because I have seen other relationships with uh, men, and I'm really interested in the woman, 
and the woman is there, is there. And I find these men that, you know, are doing everything for me and I cannot love them. And some of them say, why you are not more affectionate? Why you are not more, more expressive? And then I started like reading and reading and I, I found out that it is connected with my childhood. But I figured this out when I saw that it wasn't hard for me even to touch people, even to hack the man I was with, mm-hmm. things like that. And, and did you, it, it's an interesting thing because um, many times what happens in a situation like yours is um, that, of course, we are seeking the love we did not get as a child. But it sounds to me like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you have not gotten into relationships yourself that were somewhat abusive or at least not giving you love and that you were searching for that with someone else. No. Did you do that or not? Say, get in relationship with abusive person? Yes. Did you get into relationships whereby you felt the need and desire and love for the man, uh, but he did not return that? Yeah. So you did? Okay. Because that's very that's a very typical thing when we come from um, families, and this can be at all ends of the scale, meaning that um, just mildly not getting the unconditional love, attention, or affection that would be quote unquote normative, all the way up to being actually neglected. This can happen. So it it stands to reason that you would have had those relationships in your life. Correct. And in those relationships, uh, first of all, was there any long-term, you know, more than a few months or years in there that you were with men that you sought out their attention and affection, but they didn't give it back to you? Actually, it was with my, I would say my first relationship, it was five, for five years. Uh, And it was, uh, he seems like he loved me, but at the same time, he wasn't as supportive as I wanted to. Uh, it was a very toxic relationship. Uh, and then I just left because, you know, it wasn't just, wasn't doing me any good. It was just affecting me emotionally. And he seemed like he loved me, but it wasn't as supportive as I wanted to. So I just left. After that, I haven't been able to have a relationship longer than a year and a half. Just like one year, three months, two months. I see. So in in that relationship, were you aware at that time of uh, feeling in love? Or what, what did you feel for the man you were with for the five years? I feel like I like him, but at the end, at the back of my head, I wasn't sure I wasn't in love. But I like the attention that I have from him. I like the compassion that I have from him. I have, I like that he cared about me, that he was calling me and things like that. But looking back today, I don't think I was in love. I, maybe I like the idea, the idea that I was with him and he cared about me. I had somebody that, you know, was there for me. But today, I don't think that I was in love. That's why I think I have never been in love. Mm-hmm. And... To what degree would you say that you feel you are seeking out a love relationship? I 
<laughs> I always say th this way, I don't want to die without loving somebody. Like, be fully in love, like, say, this is the man of my life, this is the man, is he or is nobody else? I'm really, I'm really seeking for it, but I just haven't, I haven't been able to connect, like, emotionally with somebody. And how about other people in your life? Are you emotionally connected to others in your life? At the beginning of the relationship, even with friends, I seen the I am. Like, I met you, uh, I met Paula, um, like, we connect, like, we have things in common, let's hang out, let's do things. And then I feel like I'm connected with you, that I like you, that maybe you can be my best friend, and all that. But at some point, I just, like, get tired of people and uh, just walk away or find reason like, oh, no, uh, uh, Paula is too loud or Paula is uh, very punctual. I will find reason just to walk away. So today, sadly, I have to say that I just one friend, not because they don't want to be my friends, it's because I feel like I don't want to. I want, I don't know how to explain it. I want people in my life, but at the same, like, at the same time, I push people away. Yes, yes. And that makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense. And there really is one word that, or I would say maybe two words that encompass the reasons for that. And I feel like I know what they are. What do you think, if you had to say, would be the reasons why you both want people in your life, you want that connection, you want that love, but you push it away? Maybe because I didn't have it when I was a child. I didn't grow up when I uh, with that love, and then I don't know how it looks like, and then I want it because I never have it, but at the same time, I'm not missing it because I never have it. Yes, and that's the reason, but there's a, in some ways, that's like the, the um, let's put, that's the, that's the cause. Now there is a really um, deeper-seated reason now as an adult, and there are actually two words come to mind uh, as, for me, in terms of the actual um, foundational reasons, not the cause. And if I can, I would like to tell you what they are. Please do. The first and foremost is fear. And it is a deep-seated fear that as an adult, you don't have in the same way that you had as a child. It's an adult version of what you had as a child. And what I mean by that is there, there is a, a need to be connected, loved, and unconditionally accepted as a child. And because you didn't get it, you have rejected it in a way so that you don't feel those awful feelings of the rejection, of the lack of all that you needed, love, attention, all of it. So deep within you, it is a fear of repeating it 
should you actually allow yourself to love and feel? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think fear is one of the main things. Um, I think it's one of the reasons my relationship has failed. I think I wanted the reason I sabotage my relationship and I get in relationship. Uh, and I still like doubting if that person really loves me. Um, they are showing like action that they really like me or love me. I still don't believe it. Right, right. And then the second biggest part of that is the rejection. Because if you open yourself up, and you actually would allow yourself to love someone, the hurt you might encounter should they reject you like your mother did. In essence, it was a rejection. When we don't get unconditional love from a parent or parents, we need one or the other or a, a substitute meaning it, it can be a grandparent, it can be an aunt or uncle, it can be a even so much as someone who's not um, involved with us at all but shows that kind of real interest in real, for some people could even be a you know somebody in the clergy or a teacher or you know all manner of people in our lives and I dare say along the way something went right because uh, before we talked on this podcast briefly you know, you sound like you are a well-rounded, functioning person in our society. So there's something, yeah. <laughs> right? There's, there's somebody somewhere along the line that uh, gave you quite a foundation, certainly yeah. in principles, in functioning, what have you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the real vulnerability connected with with loving and being loved that was foundationally missing mm -hmm. from the most important people in a child's life which is a uh, parent and it didn't doesn't sound like there was a um, a significant substitute for that was mm -hmm. there like a grandmother grandfather someone no at all. That's the saddest part because it was just my mom and my siblings and my mom was never at home. So uh, we were we were always by ourselves. So no aunts, no grandparents, no mm. cousins, no teachers. We grew up like totally emotionally neglected, totally and um, verbally abused sometimes. And and what about your siblings now? How close are you with, with them still? We are very close. We are living in different cities, but still we, you know, we check in each other. But there is a lot of resentment from my siblings toward my parents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the the situation now is is it's very, you know, it is deep, right? Because this is your foundation. It's like building a a house and the foundation is the most significant part of it, right? Correct. Yeah. So there is an issue here, but it's certainly not insurmountable at all. It sounds like you're on a track of wanting this to be healed and to change the course of it and to allow someone in 
and you're wondering if that could be Max. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So tell me about him and what it is about him that uh, connects you to him in the way that I, it sounds to me from your letter that you actually are connected to him. Yeah. Uh, well, Max and I met on uh, dating up at the end of, I will say, at the beginning of February before the, all the quarantine, all the COVID-19 thing. So we went on our first day on Valentine's Day. Uh, everything was perfect. We connected so well. We were laughing and joking and having a good time. And we had so many things in common. Um, everything was great. So I went home that day. Uh, we had a, after our dinner, we had a you know, couple of glasses of wine. Then I went home. He went home. And then we stayed in touch. And then we started dating, like, uh, seeing each other on weekends and things like that. And then right after like four or five days, uh, Corona viral hit. And then the stay in place order, the stay at home order was in place. And then we didn't see each other for two months, but still we were connected. Or oh, he was every day checking on me, making sure that everything was okay. If I needed something, because we live in two different states, but we are like 45 minutes away. So as the stay-at-home order was in place, we can see each other, but we still were in touch. We were very connected. As much I like or I like him, I still was, again, looking for reasons why he liked me. What is his, are his intentions real? He, he really liked me. He's really interested in me. And then why I was looking for reasons to leave because I couldn't believe that he was that much interested in me, even though he was doing all these amazing things for me, even we were like separated because of the COVID-19. I was for reasons, were looking for reasons to leave. And then he was there and he was there. But after two months, like the things comes down, uh, we decided to meet again two months after and everything was great. We were hanging out again in each other's apartment, but still, and he was doing more things for me, like showing more interest in me and calling and testing and checking and everything. But I think on the back of my, on my head was like, why is that interested? He really likes me while his real intention. And then sometimes relationship, I don't know why I feel like I need reassurance to make sure that the person really likes me or really loves me. And then I start for looking for reasons to fight. Not because I re really want to fight, is to see if he really likes me. And then I will like pick fights to say that I'm leaving, but I really didn't want to leave. I just want him to tell me, don't leave. Mm. I want you to stay. And I feel that I started sabotaging the relationship and picking fights and like, I don't like this about you, I don't like that about you, but he was to stay there. But even though I don't want to leave, I wanted to leave at the same time, but I didn't have enough reason to tell him what I'm leaving. And then there was this situation where uh, at the beginning of the relationship, because all my childhood, I told him that I'm not sure I want to have kids. He definitely wants to have kids. Uh, and then I said, that's, that's the reason I'm going to give him. So there was this situation where we had an incident and we saw that we were pregnant. Mm. So uh, 
he was very excited about the idea of having a baby, but at the same time we had a conversation saying this is not the best time by any means to have a baby. Probably if the result is positive, I don't see we can keep the pregnancy because now is not the right time. When we took the test, and oh, thanks God, the test was negative. And then after all this thing with the pregnancy was done, I take all the tests and everything was done, I sat down with him and I said, okay, you know what? I think that we, call, we should go um, different ways. And he said, why? I said, well, because, you know, you want to have kids, look what you happen, what's happening, and you will come that side, and you know that I don't want to have kids. But he said, but... Um, I'm not forcing you to have kids now. Uh, uh, we can work that things out. He started giving me all this reason like, that we should continue with the relationship. And I was like, no, no, we need to broke up. We need to broke up. We need to broke up. Finally, he said, okay, that, I want to be there for you. And I always, always will be. But if you want to broke up, I will respect the decision. So we broke up. I see. And then... After we broke up, like, I started missing him and missing him and missing him. So a week after we broke up, I called him back. And he was so excited, very receptive as always, on the phone, talking to me, uh, all of this. Uh, after that few more times, I called him because I was missing him so bad, so bad, so bad. And he, as always, very receptive. He's so happy to see me. I FaceTime him. And uh, all of this, but after that, that I told him, okay, let's book up. He hasn't made any intent to fix things. So at this point that I'm really missing him, or I'm just lonely, did the reason I broke up with him were valid, or I just sabotaged the relationship? Got it. It sounds to me like you really liked him, but you were finding, you said, reasons, uh, trying, to, trying to find reasons for him liking you. It was very hard for you to kind of really incorporate this person who was presenting to you as quite a normal guy, liking you in a way a normal guy likes a woman, and yet you couldn't figure out why that was. Mm -hmm. You kept testing him on it. Correct. Okay. And the tests came in, in little ways and then sometimes in big ways whereby you would want to, uh, you would make up reasons to leave just so that he would beg you to stay. Correct. And this all makes sense to me. A lot of sense. Because we look at it under the lens of what you had as a child but had no control over. When you think about it, you likely did things when you were a child, from a child's way of doing it, that were testing your mom's love. And you know what you found out? Yeah. What do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say. <laughs> right, that it wasn't there. Yeah, all right. That's correct. That it wasn't there in the way that it really, you know, we can say in life there's some, it should have been, right? Correct. And it wasn't. So as an adult, when someone shows you love, there's a couple things that happen. A, it doesn't ring true to you. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, 
it's kind of like um, foreign. It's kind of like tasting food you never tasted before. It's like, is this good or not? I'm not sure. I have nothing to uh, compare it to. I've never tasted this food before. So I don't know if it's good or not. <laughs> Even if it tastes somewhat good and feels somewhat good, it's like, well, hmm. It's like people who've never had real Chinese cuisine. And they've only eaten at, you know, a fast food Chinese place. That's not the real Chinese food, right? You right. taste it, it's like, hmm. You know, when you taste the real thing, if you ever do, it's like, well, is this... This is Chinese food? Oh, I didn't know. I thought the other stuff from the fast food place was, right? Right. You had nothing to, you have nothing to foundationally connect to when someone is loving you. Yeah. And just giving you love because you are. I might go out on a limb and say when you were young, you got uh, maybe some praise or some kudos or some good feedback when you did things that were right for your mom. If you've always behaved well and were good, at least you didn't get her being upset or her being angry or not uh, acting out on you, right? Right. But other than that, you got nothing coming towards you in terms of love and affection. Yeah, that's right. So when a man is going to give you that, you are going to foundationally question it at every level. Like why? It doesn't in some ways make sense to you. And so you test it. Right. You're going to test it. You're going to think so that he's having to prove it. And here's what I'm going to tell you about that. That he can only do what is in a normal way to do for him to show you his feelings. But he can never make you feel it. You are going to have to do something different in terms of relating to men, and you're going to have to do the work on it so that you can just accept it. Does that make sense? It makes totally. Uh, it makes sense, and I'm able to do it because I don't want to be in the situation. Like I get in relationship and I happy, but when I get home, I start questioning and I like asking things or finding reasons uh, to live and not enjoying the moment. And then, and then when the person finally get tired of the situation that they left, and then I feel that feeling of oh they didn't like me or they really love me or they really accept who I am, and then comes this feeling. Of, this feeling of loneliness and emptiness. Yes. And I want to get more into that about what you can actually do. There are always two ways, uh, there's more, of course, but always two really big ways whereby with a situation like this, you can address it in a way that can have uh, positive outcomes. And I want to get more into those, and I'm going to do that right after we come back. 
Are you ready to move forward with a man who's dragging his heels? If you're ready to be completely committed and experience what it's like to have your man coming to you to make things exclusive and move towards a formal commitment, connect with Coach Paula on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, or simply by taking one of her free relationship evaluations at willhecommit.com. So we're talking to Emma about a situation that so many women find themselves in when they had less than, you know, ideal childhoods whereby they were given the love and affection and support, attention that children need. It's just part of us as human beings that we need a certain level of love, attention, and affection in order to be uh, thriving adults. And I dare say there was something in your background, Emma, that you, you got a, a modicum of a foundational level, but it was damaging in another way in that the love and real acceptance and the reciprocal receiving love from a parent and giving it back was not certainly not ideal and not there to the degree that would render you an adult who could um, be accepting of it easily. Correct. Yeah. There are two ways in which adults tend to approach this once they are where you are, which is really being aware of it. And that's a big credit to you uh, from your letter and just in talking to you right before we went on air and in this podcast, you are a very, very uh, bright and educated woman. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's a testament to you and, and to all that you've done, right? That's, that's fantastic. And that uh, can be very helpful because you have kind of discovered this whole other world outside of that from which you came in, in your household in your young childhood, you know, your, your home life as a child. And you are aware now of what you didn't get. The two ways, the two ways to address that are um, a, what I would consider like a, um, what we call a um, traditional approach from the last, I would say, 50, 60 years. And that is uh, therapy, counseling. Have you done that? I have, I have been reading. I have been reading and I get to the point I figure out that I need therapy before jumping in relationships. I need therapy. Yep, definitely. I agree with you. Well, I'm not, I'm not stating it as um, an, a, a need. I'm just stating it as a possibility. In other words, that's the way many people go with this. And um, when... We're talking, um, I'm hearing my listeners thinking out loud, and the listeners are thinking, wow, this is a therapeutic situation, not a coaching situation. And actually, I would, I would challenge that perception because there are two ways. The first way, which we said, is therapy, and the second is extreme awareness and coaching and doing it behaviorally and I'm hearing from you 
the stability. Uh, you told me you have a good job. You've been a seriously independent woman. You take care of business. You're taking care of your life. You have a foundation in order to do this in a behavioral fashion. Each approach is as valid as the other. It's really what you commit to and what you're willing to do because um, each can lead you to a certain, uh, you know, a place in your life where this can be, uh, I dare say, not completely healed because those wounds are very, very deep and there will always be a scar in some ways. You know what I mean? That's right. Always. Always. However, you can um, kind of sew it up and heal it to a degree if you continue to put the salve on it almost on a daily basis of working on it so that the scar is not as huge as it would be otherwise. And what I mean by that is going down either of these roads, you are going to potentially lessen the damage and make the scar as small as it can be, but you must continually put the salve on it so that it doesn't open up again. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. And you can absolutely do that. And for women who are in a relationship or there is a particular man that they are interested in or it is dating, I come from a, a stance and an approach that romantic relationships are the, mm, the, the, the piece of equipment that we exercise all of this in order to work it out. In other words, you know, there are many times whereby, you know, you, you will have friends and that, that doesn't work on it in quite the same way as an intimate romantic relationship. Yeah. Because it's not as intimate. It doesn't get to the deepest feelings. And it doesn't tackle it in, in quite the same way. But in the end, what's really interesting to me is that no matter our personal situation, whether it's like yours or someone else where it's, where it's a very different situation, it's still the same when it comes down to being with a man. And it is us finding good men who can have the ability, the capacity, the willingness, the desire to love us and be in relationship with us and then doing what we need to do and working it out. Right. And you can do that. It really does take, it still takes a lot of work. But you can do it if you commit to the work. And it's regardless 
your situation or another's, it's always about us doing the work and not putting it onto the man, not making it really about him, so to speak, uh, and certainly not involving him in a way that will put the problem onto him. And that can sound, um, well, then how do you do it? Because if it's not about him, if he's not going to be uh, part of it and brought into it, how do we do it? And I can say this about that, <laughs> that if you were doing therapy, say, for this, and every week, maybe twice a week, but at least once a week, you're going to see your therapist to work on this about your situation, yourself. Would you be going to your man and discussing that therapy with him? If I will go? If you would. Yeah, if you were going, would you want to go and discuss it with him? Maybe how the therapy is going? Um, other Maybe. than Other than I'm going and I'm working on it, Bathing. That's pretty much it. Because you see, it's not about him. If you're doing therapy, it's not to change somebody else, right? Yeah. At all. It's not to work on him. It's about mm. you. And so whether it's therapy or whether it's coaching, behaviorally doing Coaching is behaviorally doing what it is that will get us the result that we desire. It's really about us and doing the work so that we get close to what it is and have an outcome that is positive. Because if you have the outcome that is positive for you, your relationship with a man has a chance of going the distance. Yeah. And you can, what I'm hearing your desire with um, Max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can. You can you can do that, but it will take a lot of work on your end to be handling things in a way that are going to be at times mm, at times almost um, well certainly uncomfortable at times for you. Uh, doing things that will be confusing emotionally for you, um, questioning, uh, certainly um, at times even feeling a bit inauthentic to move through, through the fear, through the possibility of rejection, and through time to allow this man's love and this relationship to do that healing. Again, you certainly have to be, you know, scarring up and putting salve on the scar each day. And that's by being aware that this is there and it is always there. But you can do it. Yeah. So I want you to ask me questions about that and see 
if it can be made more clear? Because I'm sure you have questions about that. How can I make it more clear? Yes, I do. One of the questions I have, like I say I broke up with Max and I have been missing him a lot and I have felt so tempted to uh, contact him. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to wait to talk to you first and get your opinion about this. It's a good idea, like contacting him now, like like reaching out and say like I want to fix things. If he is still single, I'm hoping he's still single. So do you think should I uh, contact him now or wait a little bit? It's really not as much a question of waiting or not waiting in this instance it's really going to be a la what I talk about all the time it's not just what you say it's going to be how you say it and most of all showing him change remember if you've heard all my podcasts it's we relate via verbalization they relate via action correct yeah so when you show change and set about the work of doing it and making the change again for yourself because again it always comes down to the change for ourselves the change either through I'm going to do therapy and change or I'm going to make these changes along with the relationship utilizing the relationship and the man to uh, show me in a way and to show him and make the change behaviorally always for yourself but see the consequences of it in playing out in the relationship so as to the question of do I reach out to him now it's if you do how you do it that's my question <laughs> right and what yeah. you say yeah exactly mm -hmm. and then it's following through on really the work that needs to be done with it so it would look something like this one of the things that men who have been mm, maybe felt rejected in a relationship hurt because he had hurt he really sounds like he really cared about you a lot yes um, and he's going to be mm, uh, he's going to feel like a little wary because well if I do this what's changed you see mm -hmm. yeah and it's not so much about time although time comes into play uh, for example if someone comes to you in a week and says I've changed my whole way of life in one week that's a really big statement, correct? How many people change their whole life in one week? Correct. Yeah. Not many people. Right. However, if they gave you a list of the actual tangible things that they have done to show you that they have made change, you will more believe it, correct? Correct. So it would either be in speaking or in letter form and if you're even going to speak about it you have it written down so that when you say it you get in all the points we'll go back to again if somebody's going to change their life in a short period of time we better have a good list of what the actions were in order to make that change so you can absolutely 
say you want to speak to him again if you have it more written out. But it would go something like, Max, in being apart for the time that we've been apart, I've really had some deep realizations about myself. Again, we want to stay away from him and the relationships in terms of it being anything about him. Okay? Okay. I've come to realize that I, due to my, now does he know anything about your past? Uh, no, not much. Not much. Okay, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. And I do not suggest, because again, we don't want to bring him into this. Yeah, in other yeah. words, right? If you were doing therapy, it, there's no reason for him to come. It's not couples therapy, because he's, he's not the problem. <laughs> yeah. Right? right? <laughs> so we'd want to say um, something like, um, I know I haven't said much about it, but there are some issues from my childhood that have made it difficult for me to be accepting of uh, love, kindness, any anything good that you want to put in there. Love, kindness, acceptance, support. And I've come to the realization that I've needed to do something about it. And I've set out to do that. And if it's true, you want to say, I'm now working with someone in order to really rectify that for myself and allow me to be open and be able to be accepting of love in my life so that I can give it to the extent that I want to as well. Not making this about uh, making it all chaotic and drama-filled around the two of you. You're really recognizing it's not that. Yeah. It's me, right? Yeah. So that's great because you can really hone in on what it is and you do have control over you. So this letter is not to be about anything that he has to do or change. You see? Okay. So then you say, I would like to, because I'm working on myself in this way, and I feel more able and ready to try because I have the, the support and the professional help along with it, I hope that we might uh, at least talk and see where you are at this time in terms of possibly seeing each other again. Now that's going to feel really vulnerable, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm really happy that I got the chance to talk to you today because you helped me to clear out so many things that I believe that I have, but I was scared to recognize. One of the things that you say, and I really, really love that you say, is that I have fear and fear of being rejected, and that's true. And sometimes I gain relationships like rejecting people before they rejecting me. Even when they don't mean to do it, I do a face before they they do it because I think they at some point maybe they will do it and they I'm so scared and I'm, I'm so scared that maybe they will reject me that I start like acting out doing things like oh I'm strong and you won't reject me and things like that. So I really love that you mentioned that 
and I really love the way you pour out how to uh, reach out to him. And I'm still a little scared that he will say no or 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 I'm with somebody else or or now it's not the time or I don't think it will work out. But it's something that I still am like a little scared that they will happen. If again, I'm, I I I am scared that he will reject me. Even I know that when we went together, he cared about me so 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 much. I really love that because you're getting to the heart of it, that you have that fear of his rejection. Yeah. Absolutely will be there. And here's the thing about courage. Courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is doing it even with the fear. And here's what I know, that even if right now he is scared and he... Uh, isn't willing to do something maybe right off the bat he will be thinking and if that love is there he will come back if you do not take this chance it won't change because you have to be the person that to change something correct yeah and this allows him to make the choice and you can add in, you know, I understand if you're feeling really resistant to this. I want to give you, you know, whatever time you want to think about it. I don't expect an answer right now. I just needed you to know it. That's all. One of the of my other biggest fears is like, okay, I reach out to him and he say, okay, let's work on our relationship again. And then he, he turns the table and he won't like be like before, like he was the one like checking on me all the time, calling me because now I say let's rock out. And then I ask him to get back together. And then I'm, I fear that he will say, okay, I don't have to do that much work now because, you know, she's the one who broke out and she's the one who asked me to get back together. That's uh-huh. another fear that I have. And, and this, again, is about working in the ways that allow the man to continue to, what, wonder. Because, let's face it, whether or not, you know, there are people who are married. We think, well, does the man who's married to the woman, does he just give up because he's married? Not when she does the, the approaches that allow him to continue in small, subtle ways to love through wondering. It's constant. Relationships are always constantly being uh, worked on and are on a balancing rope, so to speak. But the woman in a relationship, being the mechanic of a relationship, is always the one fine-tuning the car. Okay. So that doesn't stop. And just because you're saying yes to a relationship does not mean that he can just stop or will stop if you do the right approaches and strategies weekly. Because this is going to take quite a bit of work on your part because there's a lot that you're going to feel during it and not feel. And you are going to be wrestling with a whole host of uh, old um, 
hardwiring from your childhood that will bring up issues for you that cannot be uh, brought to him in any way that isn't about him. Right. Yeah. In that sense. Yes. He didn't create it, That's so right. he can't fix it. He can be someone along by your side that walks side by side with you on this journey towards your healing it, right? He can be that um, person there holding your hand along the way, but you really are deciding to heal it and to continually put the salve on it that is necessary, and it can take, you know, working on it continually. It doesn't go away. This kind of hardwiring is not going to flip a switch, and you will then uh, lead a life in a relationship of someone who had completely unconditional love and acceptance as a child. Yeah. Yeah, it just cannot. So it does take uh, intentional work on it that uh, it needs to be committed to so that this can go the distance. But I'm hearing two great things. One is your understanding of the need for it. That's first and foremost. Second is that you have a man who has shown you real um, caring, like you said, love, yeah. support. Yeah. And then thirdly, that you had a nice relationship. It yeah. wasn't. A, it wasn't ideal, of course, because of the of the issues, and nothing is you know completely ideal. But there wasn't any big red flags in terms of him. Not at all. That's that's why I'm missing him so much. And after him, I like trying to date a couple of people, or I went on a couple of dates, and the connection just wasn't there. Like with Matt, is there such chemistry? Like that sense of humor? Like we finish each other's sentences? Like I can't joke with him all day, and he will catch my joke with other people. Mm. They think I'm taking seriously when I'm just joking, and they don't take my joke, and they get upset. It's just no. Then it's just no, no. So what what other questions do you have along in terms of this um, what we've talked about here today? You have answered all my questions. I'm so glad that I talked to you today because I have a clear idea of what is my situation and what 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 options I have. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I also love that the insight that you gave me how to contact him, how to reach out to him. Uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that you know, things work out. Um, I work on myself, of course. Um, I hope that things work out with him. And it is not, I will be like better prepared for the next relationship. This is true. This is very true. And it is something that um, for anyone who's in a situation like this, needing more day-to-day, uh, moment-to-moment help in terms of what exactly you do, what I'm hearing here that's really good for you, Emma, is that he sounds like he is, um, how do I put this, fairly, in terms of dealing with a man, he's fairly easy. Very easy, Paula. Very, right? very easy. <laughs> yes. 
And so that's what's going to be good about it. So there's, I'm going to give you just some tips for continuing on here, which okay. is, uh, you know, set about this and be very intentional for yourself and know that you are going to not involve him in this situation, meaning that you're going to, and this is female, we, we all feel it, talking to him about the issues you've had and vis-a-vis -vis him and your relationship. It, it's, it's a subtle difference between, you know, some things happened to me as a kid and um, they were really hard because uh, I didn't get any... Um, you know, real love, attention, affection from my mother, and I had to do things on my own. That's very, very different than um, involving him in it, um, going into real detail, uh, making him listen to it, uh, a la someone who would be in more of a counseling or a therapeutic role in your life, right? Or even a friend, even a girlfriend. In other words, if you need to do that, then it is working with somebody professionally or you have a wonderful sister, friend, someone female in your life who can do that, but not him. So, you recommend I let him know that I have some issues from my past, from my childhood, but don't go into details? Right. Okay. Yep. Now, if he asks... You can answer it in a in a way that is, again, as you hear me say, kind of vague. Okay. The details must be, and, and this, for many women hearing it, they can think, well, that's not authentic. That's not being forthcoming. That's not um, being really honest with it. No, I, it's not that it's not honest. It's that putting these things on a man does nothing to... Uh, have his interest be stay where it needs to be and it also can leave him very frustrated because he can't fix it and when a man can't fix something it doesn't feel good to him at all it's like uh, you, and you hear me use this analogy all the time because we are the mechanics of a relationship they are the mechanics of real cars it is like a car doesn't run and the man says to you, all that's going on with it, with the in, uh, intricacies of uh, what's going on with the engine and all the different parts and how all the different parts, they aren't fitting together and this, that and the other thing about the actual car, it will just be kind of um, frustrating to us. It will not compute in the way that it needs to, and we can't be of help with it. Yeah. We're not going to be able to understand it and help. And I've been talking in gross generalizations. But it doesn't feel good to us while he drones on and on about the car and about the engine and about all the minutiae of the problems with it because we can't do anything about it. And we don't really understand it and don't have the same level of interest in it as he does. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Totally okay. Sense. Okay. So it's not that he, not that you don't have interest in the car, right? You do. You want it to run. 
You want it to run well. You want it to look pretty. You want it to feel good when you get in it. That's the level. And it's not like you do not love it. You do. But this is the difference. The man loves you, and what he wants is for you to feel good. Be happy. Be content in the relationship. So if it's not directly about him, like, for example, honey, when you do this for me, you make me feel so supported. When uh, you uh, bring home the little, you know, uh, uh, thing from the store, it makes me feel so cared about. I'm so happy you're home. Those types of things, he's going to soak up and love. Okay. <laughs> if it's, right? If it's something he can change, if you wouldn't mind... Um, you know, when you come home, if you would, you know, put your shoes outside the door, I, I would feel so much better. That's something he can do, right? Honey, if you would stop, um, you know, uh, if you would, if you wouldn't mind taking a shower when you come home, because uh, I just feel like during this COVID thing, we all need to be, you know, washing the street off of us or something. That's just your little thing or something that is important to you. And you say, it would just make me so happy. Would you mind just five minutes? That's something he can do, tangible. And he, please, if you wouldn't mind not using uh, the word this because I was traumatized with that and called that as a kid. So whenever you use the, the word, it just tweaks me. Not you. I know you would never know that. Uh, but if you wouldn't mind just not using it, it would mean so much to me. That's something he can do. Otherwise... It is droning on about the engine of the car, so to speak, and that will just make, like for you, make you glaze over, not be interested, not listen, and, it, and at worst, frustrated that you can't change it or do anything about it. Yeah. Hearing you talking made me, makes me <laughs> miss him even more because what you just say is, is I totally agree with the tangible part because one of the things I remember about us is I'm a little I'm kind of neat. I like everything organized. He's mm -hmm. not that much. So remember the first time when I went to his apartment, it wasn't that organized. And I say something, like joking, but I say something about it. So every time that I went go to, to his apartment, he will say, okay, I woke up early today to organize the apartment. Aww. And I will go there and the apartment was like, very neat every time. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's a great guy. That's exactly what. Oh. Yes. It's so sweet, right? Yes. So, so sweet. So this is something that you can absolutely work with and uh, work on for yourself vis-a-vis -vis him walking by your side with it. So I hope this has been helpful in this way. And, you know, if it's something that, uh, you want to work on together, we can talk more about that off the air. But I thank you for being on here today and sharing your story in this way. It's very helpful. Thank you so, so much for having me. It was very helpful talking to you today. Oh, great. Thanks. So that was really meaningful and very meaningful to me. I think that these types of uh, issues can, you know, in one conversation,
really give us hope, if not a suggestion as to where to go and what to do. And if you're in any type of situation uh, like Emma's, and sometimes it can be similar, but on the opposite end of the scale, certainly reach out to me at realcoachingconversations.com and we can be talking about it on a podcast. Also, you know you need to be working with someone on issues like this because these are um, long-term projects, so to speak. And, and we all are when you think about it. When you think about it for all of us, we are works in progress. And I love that Emma and all the women who come on here, they are at a certain point of awareness. And that is the biggest step on the road to success. Awareness and then setting intention and then following through on what works best with men in romantic relationships. That's what we're about here. So I'm glad that you were here today and I hope that you will uh, continue to listen as you have. Subscribe to this podcast. Also subscribe to me and share on YouTube and follow me on Instagram. Matter of fact, Emma was a follower and just reached out to me and I said, yes, let's, let's see about talking, read my book, all of that. Um, and that's how simple and fast it can be. And I think it was just a, like a less than a week turnaround and we were talking. So I, I love that connectedness that social media has to offer. So please do that, and remember, in the meantime, with the men and any man in your life, very important to continue to make him wonder. you for listening to make him wonder if you've benefited from today's conversation please subscribe and share connect with coach paula at makehimwonder.com there you can take several relationship evaluations discover her books and other resources and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you enjoying Make Him Wonder and that you're getting a lot of helpful information for the love life you desire and deserve. So if you're not part of the 8020 Wonder Club, you need to be. The 8020 Wonder Club is a Make Him Wonder membership that gives you all of season one in a categorized list by age and relationship status, my foundational principles in video, and a multimedia library of my content, including my book, relationship evals, and much more. The best part is that you'll have access to all episodes of Season 2 the moment they're ready. Otherwise, you'll only be getting Season 2 on your listening platform once every eight weeks or so. Don't miss out. Join the 8020 Wonder Club by going to the 8020wonder.club. That's the 8020wonder.club. Be consistently and successfully mindful of the best ways to make your man wonder by the 
becoming a member of the 8020 Wonder Club. It's just 80 cents for the first month.